Welcome to the Mouse and Castle. This is a gathering place for fans of all things Disney. So sit back, chow down, have some sips, and chit-chat about the magical world created by Walt Disney. Hey guys, welcome back to the Mouse and Castle podcast. I'm your host, Riley Bland, and back with me once again, uh, our friend, uh, big Disney fan himself, and a Doctor Who and Star Wars nerd, an all-around cool guy. It's Mr. Aaron Goins. What's going on, Aaron? Riley, I am loving the shirt. I'm like literally just I, now noticing it. I, I we've been prepared. talking probably for a good 20 minutes before <laughs> we started recording, but now I'm just like, whoa, look at that shirt Riley's got on. I came prepared uh, as 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 we're we're trying out some uh, some new recording uh, options of which would be very boring if I got into it. But uh, suffice to say, I felt like I needed to actually put on something very Disney themed. Um, but yeah, I, it's also I I was I don't really have any Disney. I was looking for a Disney Christmas themed apparel, but I really don't have any. I guess I could have just gotten like a Santa hat or something. But uh, to right, my family did do like Christmas my wife really likes to do Christmas like matching pajamas every mm. year and uh we did do a Disney it might have been last year so I do have some like Disney pajamas that I could throw nice. on that are Christmas themed but uh one of these no, days we'll today. do like a, a Christmas <laughs> episode of Mouse and Castle like a variety show um complete with like some some guest musical acts uh, some really, really uh, awkward, dialogued, wrote uh, bits, comedy bits. I don't know. I'm thinking something yeah, like we'll Michael have to talk, Buble. We'll have to talk offline on that one. I don't, I'm not sure. We'll have to get sign off on the, co- the co-owners of the show. So, Well, I always love my favorite thing. One of my favorite things each year is the, the ABC uh, Disney Parks Christmas special. They, and these days they always put it on Disney Plus the next day, which is really nice. Um, I'm trying to think. I think... I think that's already come out this year. I'm trying to remember if I've seen I it. I feel like there is one out, yeah. Yeah, I think it came yeah. out like right after Thanksgiving. Yep, you know what? I did. Uh, I watched it. It wasn't as good as last year's, but but if I'm honest, nothing really stuck out to me. It had Megan Trainer in it and 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 the same brother-sister dancing duo that's an all, that hosts all these things that I can't think of on the top of my head. Um, the Dancing with the Stars. Uh, yep, yep, you know. Yeah, the, I the can't Huff, remember their names the Huffs, either. right? Yeah. Yes, yes. Um. But yeah, no. So it's that time of year, folks. So this is the this is going to be the theme of the episode today. It's a a a brief top level review of 2022 because uh, it is that time of year. Uh, Christmas is coming up. It's right around the corner as we record this. 2023 is almost here. 2022 is pretty much in the can. So uh, I wanted to hit, hit you up, Aaron, and kind of get your your top. We kind of we talked about this before the show, but really to do the top movie like our personal favorite movies show like disney plus series and uh top uh like disney parks edition or experience of uh 2022 and maybe it it may i'm guessing it may not be a new a new uh, it doesn't have to have opened only this year maybe uh something that you experienced for the first time uh, at the uh, parks, which is going to okay. be more your speed, Aaron, because I've been uh, I've been on the other side of the planet most of this year, so I have not been to a a Disney park uh, since early this year. But um, but yeah, I'm curious. Let's, I guess if let's let's start with the movies because the movies it's going to be the shortest part of the segment. <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> what was your it's a like pretty short? Uh, 
it's a pretty short list of even nominees, I would think. Uh, and we're yeah. if we're like expanding out. I'm I'm assuming we're expanding out into include the the Marvel movies as well. Yes, and you would I mean, think we kind of have to. <laughs> yeah, you would think that like the Marvel movies would kind of maybe be what we'd pull from. But I looked at the ones that came out in 2022, and mm. honestly, not so impressive. I was not a big fan of Multiverse of Madness and Thor: Love and Thunder. Did not like kind of kind of my on the lesser end of Marvel movies for me. Where did where did uh, Black Panther land for you? I did not see the newest Black Panther movie yet. Uh, okay, so that's so I can't include that one. I also have not seen Strange Strange Worlds. Yep, Strange um, World. I, I have not seen it either. So I can't include that. So like I said, it's kind of a shorter list. Unfortunately, Spider Man. Um, the latest Spider-Man movie that came out at the very end of 2021. So that doesn't really count as a 2022 movie. That would be the easy winner for me if that was the case. Mm. So almost by process of elimination, the number one Disney movie for wait. me for 2022 is probably Pinocchio. Lightyear. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pinocchio. <laughs> Interesting. Aaron, I have a confession. You want to hear my confession? You haven't seen Lightyear. I, I have. No, I have. I have seen the first... 30 minutes or so of light year. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I, so I'll say this though. Like I didn't dislike light year. I actually enjoyed it. I watched it, you know, with my family. Um, everyone really enjoyed the movie. It wasn't like the perfect Disney movie by any means. Yeah. Uh, there's definitely a lot more standout like Disney and Pixar movies that have come out previously, but I know it kind of got panned and it didn't do too well. I don't think in the box office, but for me, it was a fun story. Uh, interesting twist on like the Toy Story character, you know, that we're so used to seeing in a certain format, and then to see them kind of do it as a action film based on this character, uh, I I enjoyed it. So I definitely mm-hmm. liked it more than I liked the the last couple Marvel movies I saw. So I, even though it's not you know a top favorite Disney movie for me, it definitely was the mm. probably the favorite of twenty twenty two. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think. Um... I didn't I didn't hate it or anything. It was one of those that something came up when we were watching it and I wasn't really getting into it, so I just never have gone back to finish it, which I guess isn't a great sign, but um it wasn't bad. I know it kind of got uh well as many Disney movies have recently kind of have gotten uh, caught up in the midst of uh political culture war types <laughs> debates. Um but I I think regardless of that, I I think Lightyear and really when I look at the the slate of Disney movies in 2022, it's not as good as I thought it would be or as, as I remembered. A lot of my favorite, like, great Disney movies that have come out that are in my recent memory, like the stuff that's on my, the Disney songs that are at the top of my Spotify rewind, right? Mm-hmm. That's all from, it's almost all 2021 movies, like Encanto, yeah. as an example. Yeah. Although I have to say, for me, the standout is honestly Luca. I think Luca has to be my favorite um, maybe a couple honor- honorable mentions here and there, but it just delivered as a very quaint, fun, cute, sweet story that uh, you know held my interest the whole time, and it was well written characters, um, and it had it just had a very had a very Pixar feel to it, um, and and that's a good thing in my book. Yeah, Luca. I mean, I wasn't including Luca as a as a nominee because it, I don't believe it came out in 2022 i think that was a 2020 wait am i wrong <laughs> um but if i could include that it would have beaten out Lightyear for sure but i think luca was 2021 oh my gosh you're so right 
<laughs> well, that's I what I'm so, saying. I was like, if you so look prepared. at some of the, even when you're thinking about uh, even attractions and things like that, like so much came out in 2021 and not that yeah. much came out in 2022. So we that's don't have crazy. long lists to pull from when it comes Maybe to all Maybe this is why things. Bob got in trouble. Not the new Bob, the old Bob. Well, the old, old Bob. It gets confusing. That's crazy. I have to pick a different one. You know, honestly, if I if I look at the slate, because I pulled up the list here so that I don't embarrass myself again, because um, I was like very confident that Luca came out in 2022. But for some it's reason, a good I guess... It's for 2021. I, Although Encanto well, might have beat it out. Encanto, in, in, in yeah, easily wins. It's my, it's probably, Encanto is probably my favorite Disney movie since Frozen 2, which was also, I, I have an irrational love for that movie. I know, guys. Uh, but <laughs> both of them, because the music to both of those movies are, are great, amazing. And if I look at this year, like um, if, if I were just to fire off a, a quick list of Disney movies that came out either direct to Disney Plus or in theaters, we've got Disenchanted, Chippendale, Rescue Rangers, Thor, Love and Thunder, Multiverse of Madness, Black Panther, um, Wakanda Forever. I'll hit a few other. Yeah, you, you said Lightyear. And that's kind of oh, turning red, and so which I have not seen. Uh, Those are turning red was not not uh, I was not a fan. I did not, not a like fan. That movie. I don't think no. we talked about that even uh, uh, last time. So it's in a light year. I think if I were to pick a favorite uh, movie, it would probably I would go into I would dip into Marvel and say Multiverse of Madness. In that I enjoyed that movie. It hung on a long time, and it kind of retread a lot of territory from WandaVision. But I loved WandaVision, so I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. Savannah, not so much. But I, I mean, of the Marvel movies that have come out over the last two years, most of them have been, like, okay to not great, <laughs> in, in my view. And so, it, to me, it was a departure from that. Um, and, and, and although... And I honestly liked it slightly more than Wakanda Forever. Although I think Wakanda, for, mm. it, Wakanda Forever was, was weird, and, and I won't spoil Aaron, but it's it's a it it, it it's too soon. It was it, it, the the weight of the 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 death of Chadwick Boseman is all over the film, and that's sort of the film's heart, and it has to be there. But it was also trying to establish all of these other plot lines and new heroes and build out the universe of how where they wanted to go next. And it was trying to do the both of those things in one movie. So you finish the movie just feeling kind of weighed down. It's a great mm. movie. Like objectively, I think it's a better movie. It's a better made movie, better written, better characters than um, a multiverse of badness. But you just, whew, I left that one. It just feels heavy. So I think um, uh, those would be my my top with some some honorable mentions. But there's like. Love and Thunder is another one. I I started and and could not finish um, Love and Thunder. I you know I did actually now that I think of it, but I finished it on a plane ride, um, where I was a captive audience, and there weren't a lot of options <laughs> on my uh, Korean Air flight <laughs> back from uh, Nevada to Seoul. <laughs> so I had like a fourteen hour flight and a limited selection of movies. So whatever that says right. about Love and Thunder, which I love. Taika Waititi's, uh, not the third one, Ragnarok. I loved it. That's one of my favorite Marvel movies. Yeah. I actually like Ragnarok his is great. And it, I think for mm-hmm. me with with this movie, I do like Taika in, in most of his movies, but I don't know. They just took it too far with this one. Like when I was yeah. watching it, 
it, they just went all in on it being a straight up comedy and almost like kind of like a Guardians of the Galaxy kind of feel. But I just thought Ragnarok did so much better with it and they just took it too far with this one. And I don't know. That's my quick summary. I'm sure there's plenty of people that have had that same opinion or had that that yeah. opinion has been criticized already. But I don't know. It just was it got too cheesy too eye rolly for me like there were moments <laughs> where i'm just like this is dumb like yeah. i just couldn't get into it no and he, i'm the prime I wanted target to like audience it. of no <laughs> i was just gonna say it i i'm the prime target art audience of someone who loves that sense of humor and loved injecting some irreverence into the marvel cinematic universe which he did with ragnarok and even for me i was like this is way too much <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's okay let's hit some disney plus series um i want to know your favorite your number one 2022 Disney Plus series release. I'm going to go with, uh, there were some good ones to pick from here, actually, but I'm going to go with Andor. Okay, nice. I think I Andor. That, that was my suspicion. Yeah, I think overall, um, even comparing it to Kenobi, it was the better uh, the better of the two. And um, yeah, it just they just really nailed it with the casting in that show. And yeah. Just every everything about that show was was really solid, so yeah, that was that's yeah. kind of the standout for me. Kenobi was really good too, though. Yeah, I liked I liked both, but I think I liked Andor more. I think so. I mean, both both were great, and as you know, we talked about both a little bit last week, and we're big Star Wars nerds, so uh, no surprise that Star Wars makes the top of my list. But I, honestly, I wasn't thinking about it till I went back, but. Um, Andor's my my favorite, but I think some of the runners up might be the most interesting discussion because Aaron, did you watch Light and Magic? Um, it's a docuseries. The, yeah, the ILM Disney Plus docuseries. I don't I may have watched like an episode of it. I I don't I may have said this on the show before, but I'm not a big fan of kind of behind the scenes documentary stuff mm-hmm. about Disney and Star Wars and Marvel. For some reason, that it kind of takes the magic out of things for me. Like when you know too much, <laughs> sure, and, sure. Um, so I do enjoy like they when they did the one about like the different. Uh, what was the one where it was kind of like almost comedic and irreverent about the different rides and stuff? Or they, or they focused on certain topics. Uh, that one I enjoyed, but I don't think I watched Light and Magic. Yeah, I uh, and I know it's not not your speed as much, which is why I kind of wanted to to bring it forward because honestly, as far as things I got the most out of it's right up there. Um, and, and it's just because it's, uh, I mean, honestly, it's a much better production value and it's revisiting in a post George Lucas era. It's the first in-depth documentary about all these same guys that, that you've, if you're a nerd like me and we've seen all the behind the scenes documentaries produced by Lucasfilm over the years, it's, it was a bit more of an in-depth look that touched on a few parts of the, the story that haven't been uh, addressed as much. Same thing happened with the uh, the Vice documentary series that also came out around the same time. They're almost competing documentaries, but um, I, for some reason I'm blanking on the name of it. But they're they're both like the first in depth look at behind the scenes of the original trilogy that in, in a post Lucas and therefore slightly more transparent <laughs> view mm-hmm. of some of these guys who. Uh, were there from the beginning like um, they interviewed um, a few folks that uh, you know Lucas has famously had falling out fallings out with over the years and have never appeared in anything uh, 
uh, of the kind. So I, as a big behind the scenes nerd, I thoroughly enjoyed Light Magic. Um, and it did not get a lot of press. I feel like not a lot of folks watched it, but it was definitely up there for me. Um, and the other one, of course, Big Clone Wars guy, Tales of the Jedi. I thoroughly enjoyed pretty much everything except for the ah- Ahsoka episode at the beginning. <laughs> but I thought most of them were pretty fantastic. Yeah, I kind of forgot about Tales of the Jedi. That was a, a fun series, although there were a couple duds, I thought, yeah, in the episodes. But there were some that were just really, really good. And just the Lucasfilm animation, everything they've been doing it has been really cool. So I'm really excited about Bad Batch coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, some of the honorable mentions was like She-Hulk was a surprise to me how much I enjoyed it. Same, uh, yeah. I, I wasn't expected kind of not to like it actually. Yeah, same. I kind of came in thinking, okay, this is a they're really scraping the bottom of the barrel here with you know characters, and um, I just liked the uniqueness of it and how they kind of went at it from like I was just giving Thor uh, Love and Thunder a hard time about being comedic, but this was very comedic and, and kind of wasn't trying to be anything else. And kind of the way she was kind of speaking to the, the audience and stuff throughout the show was something that I wasn't expecting. And some of the random characters that they brought in and you're like, surely there's not, this character isn't an actual Marvel character. And then sure enough, you look it up and every single character that they introduced to that show is an actual Marvel (laughs) character, no matter how ridiculous they were, there is a, you know, a character in the Marvel comics. So, I don't know. I found that show very funny and enjoyed it way more than I thought. And then Willow is another one that still ongoing, but you know, has started that I didn't really know what to expect with it. And I'm not going to say it's great, but I've, I'm intrigued and I've been enjoying it and I've been watching it with my son and he really likes it. So uh, that one's been one that I would definitely throw in as an honorable mention. Like even even though I never I've never seen the original Willow ha, have have no real previous interest in it. Would you recommend? Would you recommend? I would recommend. I'm not a big fan of the original Willow actually, and I don't have a lot of nostalgia for it. Like, I don't know. I'm timing wise, even when it came out, I know I was probably pretty young when it came out. But at that time, my parents probably wouldn't have let me watch that movie. They were pretty strict about what they let me watch. So I never watched it as a kid. I watched the original Willow many years after it came out. So I have no nostalgia for it. Um, But I was intrigued by what they would do with a fantasy series, uh, a Disney Plus fantasy series, because right now we obviously have the Lord of the Rings, you know, Rings Mm -hmm. of Power show that's really popular. We have House of the Dragon that's really popular. So HBO's doing their thing. Amazon's doing their thing. So this is kind of Disney's chance to do their version of, of a fantasy show. Yeah. And it's the least of the three, honestly, in my opinion. Sure. But it's it's I mean, fun. That's a lot and to stack it's, up against. Yeah, it's fun. It's much more of a family friendly fantasy show than the mm. other two. So it's a kind of a nice alternative if you have younger kids that would want to watch yeah. something like that. Um so yeah, it's it's just I've found the characters they've introduced have been have been fun to watch and I'm kind of intrigued. Like, okay, what's going to happen next? They, they kind of leave you on a cliffhanger at the end of each episode. So, um, yeah, it's it's been better than I expected. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know that I'll, you know, see the whole thing through, but I'm four, I think, four episodes in, and I'll keep watching it until it until they throw a couple duds in a row. <laughs> <laughs> okay, interesting. I'll I'll probably I'll circle back. I, I'll, I'll be curious to see what you think when you get to the end of the series. Um, I mean, I do like uh, Warwick Davis. Um, 
and just have. He's a, got like, a big role for sure. Like he's, yeah. I mean, title character, but um, I feel like from what I remember from the original, he plays a much bigger role in this, and he's a much you know more mature and older actor at this point in his career too. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'll let you make yeah. your your opinions on how good of an actor he is when you watch it, but <laughs> deal. Yeah, I'm that not going to trash him. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I, um, I think the only other mention I want to do on Disney plus before we talk park stuff is Miss Marvel. Cause that was also a 2022 release. Um, and I, and yes, I Googled that first to make sure, um, <laughs> but I loved it. And I think a lot of that's just because of my personal connection, because a true story, I grew up, uh, in Pakistan in Peshawar, uh, till like I was about eight, nine years old as, as a young kid. So I, I remember it some, not a whole lot, but enough to where like a lot of the cultural, uh, Pakistani, uh, immigrant story, like a lot of the food and the traditions and the the family dynamics are all things that are very sort of baked into the deep background of my psyche. So I just sort of instantly sort of had that shortcut to connect to the main character and the uh, and the family. So I absolutely loved Miss Marvel. It, it's cheesy. It's pretty cheesy, um, and it's kind of an unapologetically Disney Channel version of a Marvel show. We were talking about Disney Channel a lot last on the last episode, but I'm okay with that. I I thoroughly enjoyed it for that reason, and I thought the honestly, as much as I just said, you know, it's a Disney Channel. It's like a, a immigrant's daughter in America, fish out of water, kind of trying to square being popular in school with also her conservative Muslim parents and how they fit in with a new society. Like all that's really interesting. And again, kind of told in a Disney channel like lens to like intercutting to like these really deep, powerful, impactful, historical, um, you know, mythology set within the, uh, the reign of terror that was the British empire as they ripped apart Pakistan and India and like it's some really like profound history that they tie into um, what is otherwise a very uh, sort of uh, on on the surface cheesy a uh, teenage superhero story. So it's it's I don't know how they balance all those things, but they somehow do it. Yeah, I haven't gotten that far into it to even know that it connected to some of the history. Mm, um, yeah. I've only seen I watched the first couple episodes. That was another one I had kind of held off on because I, I really hadn't heard anybody talking about it, and I was kind of even considering not watching it. Yeah. But I, I figured I was like, you know, what, let me. I think I was on a, f- a flight somewhere, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I got some time to kill here, so let me yeah. download a couple episodes. So I watched like the first two episodes and was really pleasantly surprised that I really enjoyed them. So I haven't finished it yet, but I'm I plan to, and um, glad nice. to hear that you liked it. So nice. Yeah, I um. I, I'm I'm a big fan, but yeah, there, that's kind of the Disney Plus. I'd say a much better year for Disney Plus than um, than movie releases. Although I guess we were some of the movies we were incorporating on Disney Plus. But as far as Disney Plus series go, pretty solid year. But uh, for the parks, Aaron, I'm going to lean on you for this one. I want you to kick us off. Um, I know you said 2021 was really the year of a lot of openings, but there were a few things in 2022. Yeah, 2020. 2020 and 2021, you know, that that's where we saw the, well, even if you go f- as far back as 2019, but, you know, you see, you know, Galaxy's Edge and Avengers Campus and the, all the things that came along with that. So 2022 was kind of after all of that stuff. 
So if you're looking at rides or attractions or experiences or anything that only opened in 2022, it's a pretty small list mm. to look at. Even Remy's Ratatouille Adventure came, you know, opened 2021. All the That's 50th right. anniversary stuff, the new fireworks shows, all 2021. So I was like looking, like, oh man, what can I even talk about? The big one, I think, the big obvious one is Guardians of the Galaxy uh, mm. Cosmic Rewind. That's the one that did open in 2022. Yep. You know, big attraction. I did get a chance to ride it. I don't know. Did I talk about? We have not my experience discussed. riding that. Yeah, no, that is not something we had a chance to talk about. Was this in your yeah. uh, November trip? Yes, when we yes. went for the food and wine in a wine and dine uh, run event, we did get to Epcot and made a point <laughs> to try to get uh, reservations for that. We did kind of stumble a little bit in the whole process. We we're running the race, you know, so the earliest you can start booking your boarding pass at 7 a.m. Uh, the race, you know, kind of ends right around then if you if you run a decent time on a 10K. And so we were finishing up the 10K right as our availability came up for us. So we're literally like out of breath, putting our medals on, wiping off the sweat off our foreheads as we're like pulling our phones out, trying to get into the queue. And um, we did almost too good of a job and got into like one of the very, very early uh. queues. They were one of the boarding parties. And in order for us to get to the ride in time, because uh, we had a breakfast reservation, it wasn't going to work out. And so we, we did this whole mad dash where we went back to the hotel, showered, ran over to Epcot, ran to Guardians of the Galaxy, made it with like one minute to spare for our boarding party. <laughs> Finished the ride, ran back to our car so we could get over to Boma for our breakfast reservation. <laughs> Barely made that in time. Uh, so I would have been a, so was, stressed. I would have. I would have been dying. Yeah, it was. It was a, a wild experience. But mm. the ride itself, it's it's kind of hard for me to review because I was really worried about that ride being a little too much for me from a uh, nausea perspective. Yeah. I, you know, I, I can have issues with rides at Disney. Um, most rides aren't a problem for me, but it's like Star Star Tours, for example, is one that no matter how many times I ride it, mm. it it's going to make me nauseous. And I so actually I had know heard the exact, that, I, I, I'm shamelessly cutting you off, apologies, but uh, no. I know the exact number of times I can run, uh, ride Star Tours until I start feeling really queasy. And I, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty solid with rides, but for me that cutoff is between three and five. Uh, because there was a Star Wars Weekends where there's a whole group of us that just rotated straight through, and they just kept going, just kept and riding again, it over and, and over, again, and again because it rained, and so the entire park emptied. This is back when Hollywood Studios would actually be empty sometimes, even in the middle of the summer. It's crazy, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but it was legit. It was legit, just uh, completely empty, and the same group of us just whoop, over and over. And I think they they did it like five or six times but ooh, there was there was that that about that third time the naboo starfighter just came straight at my face again uh at the end of feeling real queasy and whoop, looping around the meadows of naboo yeah it was a that's a lot that's a lot so guardians of the galaxy it, what it, i'm guessing from the way you're leading into it maybe not as bad as you thought no it was it was as bad and maybe worse than i thought oh. <laughs> oh, uh no. <laughs> from a nausea perspective, yeah. from a ride perspective, uh, I think it was great for the part that I had my eyes open for. 
but uh, I did go with friends. So I was there with three other people. My wife was there with me, um, and then my other friends, John and Tara, that you you know them both, mm-hmm. uh, wrote it as well. So I have I have multiple perspectives on the ride, uh, even though I wasn't able to keep my eyes open the whole time. But what was the consensus? I had heard I had heard that it was going to be. Some people had told me people had written it before said it's the worst disney ride for as far as like making you nauseous that they've ever been on and it's like multiple times worse than any other disney ride that they've ever been on and so i kind of went in expecting it um i will say the queue is really cool there's actually a technology thing that happens during the queue that i don't even know how they do it and it's it's kind of surprising so i kind of don't want to spoil it for you yeah uh, or for other people that haven't written it yet fairly spoiler free honestly i don't know much about it other than some of the basic stuff they've talked about in the marketing like oh i I know it pivots and looks around these different views within the dark ride and that that's about and it's like probably different parts of the marvel universe that you're going through but that's all i know really the queue, you're kind of going through different, uh, almost like holding rooms, almost like the way um, Haunted Mansion, or not Haunted Mansion, but I guess kind of Haunted Mansion. A little bit but, of uh, the Avatar ride. Tower of Terror, you know, how they bring you and you sit in a room. Yeah, and so that this ride kind of has that going on, but there's there's one aspect during that where you're like, oh, whoa, how'd they do that? So um, that was really cool. The actual ride itself you know it's the whole the things moving around the movie you know you're on a roller coaster but the cars kind of move and spin as you're going through the visuals are amazing lots of really big screens to look at and things like that and i think that's what messed me up because i'm not if i'm in a ride where there's stuff kind of moving around and i'm not moving at the same rate you know and my eyes are kind of yeah i don't know that's when my brain starts to tell me it's time to throw up and so <laughs> i <laughs> So I tried to keep my eyes open as long as I could, but then I started probably about a third of the way through. I, I started to feel nauseous enough that I felt like I need to stop looking at stuff and just focus on not not vomiting. And so, um, but I did hear the reaction of the people that were with me, and they all absolutely loved it. And then when we okay. got off the ride, they were all like, "That's like the best Disney ride I've ever been on." What's their oh, reaction? Wow. So how is it? How I'm I am curious. Is it a long ride? Like is it uh, like a nice high payoff if you're waiting in a long line? I think so. I, I I don't remember feeling like it was all like very short. Yeah. So it felt like the right amount of time that a ride would be. It's kind of like Flight of Passage, like maybe that length. Um, yeah. But I mean, it was from everything I saw, it looked really cool. It's a very unique ride experience. Nothing that I've ever ridden on can be comparable. Um. So yeah, it it was. I would say. There's really not any other ride that opened in 2022 that kind of compare it to. So if you're yeah, ranking, that's, I mean, uh, that's the, the number one new, new ride, that's probably going to be it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I was trying because when I went back through, it was the the sort of big, and I'll just hit him here. I'm pulling this from a, a Points Guy article, but obviously that's the the Cosmic Rewind is the sort of flagship. The other the other biggest thing that opened was the Galactic Star Cruiser, opened this year. Yeah. yeah. Um, Magic Band Plus opened as a program, and then the Grand Floridian uh, got a bunch of uh, new rooms. <laughs> That's sort of the uh, the there was originally slated the Toy Story themed restaurant, uh, the Ro- Roundup uh, Rodeo Barbecue restaurant that they that they've been teasing since D twenty three twenty nineteen was pushed back, but it is still set to open in Hollywood Studios. 
Um, and then there's a number of smaller renovations that are still ongoing at Epcot. But the biggest stuff has now kind of opened. You had Cosmic Rewind. You had the, um, oh my gosh, uh, names are hard. I'm getting old. The uh, Space Restaurant, Space 220, I think is what it's called. Yeah, that's, um, a, that's that one I haven't year. been able to experience. Yeah. Um, so that's a big one that I, I also have not experienced that's on the list. So I think um, for for me, again, from afar, having not experienced those, uh, the things I most want to experience, honestly, if price agnostic, it would be Star Cruiser, Galactic Star Cruiser. I just want to pick one thing that's recently opened. But as far as attraction, it's got to be uh, Cosmic Rewind. Um, and then I'm also kind of like irrationally excited about this barbecue restaurant uh, that's happening at, at, at Toy Story Land. Just because I feel like Hollywood Studios need, has need, needs and has needed some better sit-down dining experiences. Um, and I know mm-hmm. there's one that I haven't been to that I probably should with the, the Brown Derby. I know that's a popular sit-down spot. But other than that, I don't really know of that many, certainly none that come to mind that I'm always like really excited to sit down and eat. I think the one we've gone to more regularly is the uh, Italian place uh, way back in the uh, sort of streets of New York area. Um, yeah, that, that right there's next that to one. But stuff. I, I, I'll say all that to say it's, it's high time. And I, if it's anything, if they can just mimic the exact menu from the, the barbecue restaurant uh, in the, uh, at Epcot that they just opened, then I'll be very excited because I, I love the food there. I love me some barbecue. So it's good. It's also in the, that back corner of the park that if we're hanging out at Hollywood Studios, let's be honest, a good chunk of time is going to be at Galaxy's Edge. So it's basically a, a sit-down place. Since it's we don't have one at Galaxy's Edge, the best we can do is walk over next door to Toy Story Land and get some barbecue, um, which I think will be nice. But I think also, man, there, the fact that there isn't um, a higher capacity, I won't even say a sit-down place. I don't know that we need a Star, Star Wars needs a sit-down dining experience. Hot take. I want to know if you agree with me. I think Star Wars... I, like. A quick service suits it well, but if you're going to expand it, I think a a much higher capacity, um, larger space for the bars, like having multiple, honestly, like having two or three uh, different Star Wars bars with quick service food as options too. That's to me, I think what they really should go for. (laughs) No, I mean, yeah, the more bars, the better. The, uh, I agree with you. I don't know that Star Wars Galaxy's Edge needs a sit-down restaurant. I think, I mean, Ronto Wrap, the Ronto Roasters is a, f- a favorite of mine. Like, I, I don't know that I ever go there without getting a Ronto Wrap. Yeah. Um, Docking Bay is is okay. The theming's awesome. I'm not a huge fan of the food there. Mm, same, same. And, um, but then they have, you know, they have Oga's, which is really fun. I wish they had more food options. I like, I really think they have really good drink options. It feels crowded in there which may be intentional, but I would love for them to expand that, even exactly. that restaurant itself, maybe make it a little bit bigger, maybe add a second floor or something. Um, and then the blue milk stand. I mean, there's a lot of different food options, that, but no sit-down restaurant. And I, if they're going to expand or add things to Galaxy's Edge, a sit-down restaurant wouldn't be the top of my list. I would rather oh, other... I want to hear the Aaron wish list for Galaxy's Edge, because it's been around a couple of years now. And same thing with um, same thing with Toy Story Land. So Toy Story is getting a new restaurant. If it's not a restaurant, what would you say would really sweeten the pot for Galaxy's Edge? 
I don't know because I, I it's like it's hard to it's hard to say when you know what the limitations are with space. I would love there to be another attraction. Sure. Uh, I don't know that they will. That's it's going to be hard to fit that in because uh, you know you have to remember that Galaxy's Edge in Orlando is supposed to be pretty much a mirror image of the one in California. So when you're talking about space issues, um, just because Florida has space doesn't mean California has space. Um, so I don't know. For me, it's more about the theming that I think they could improve. I think they could do better with the characters and the immersion and having it feel more populated by actual citizens as opposed to just the random, you know, kind of stormtrooper walk by, which I really do enjoy. But I think just having kind of characters in costume, be it droids or aliens or just regular citizens kind of walking around uh, would help with the immersion factor. And I think that's something they just have not have, they just have not nailed. And I don't know that that would be that hard yeah to to accomplish this sort of gets back to i i think it's time to uh bring in ot characters like i think it would make a big eh. i know i know De- you and i don't agree debatable on i don't know i listen I know. so Deb- i i want to hear your 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 counter argument because the to me the the win for having original the most popular characters in star wars forget original trilogy just the most popular characters is an absolute win because I think 99% of all of your all of the guests that are going to Galaxy's Edge have no knowledge and even if they did would certainly not care about the consistency of the timeline. I think there was great benefit to building it up and having the initial experience be in a consistent timeline and the effort it took to build that story. But I think that was when they were saying that it was going to be more of a almost role-playing experience where you would interact with those characters. And so I'm saying if we're not getting the full original vision of, of the amount of interactive experiences that they were kind of talking to in generalities early, early on, I'm talking like the first pitches they were giving at D23. Um, I, I think it's a shame that you can't have a character photo op with Darth Vader at Galaxy's Edge. I, th- I think that's just, it, to me, it blows my mind. Just from a, I, I very much understand your argument, but I, I'm wanting to hear the Aaron case for why they shouldn't do it from a practical business and guest experience standpoint. Not the Aaron Star Wars nerd reason. <laughs> I'm just curious if, if there's something I'm missing there. It's funny to me that who, the sides that we fall on on this, because... <laughs> Because I'm the older, I'm older than you, you know. Yes. Somewhat significantly older than you. Uh, yeah, it, you, I feel like it narrows as we age. The difference yeah. <laughs> is less and less. But you would think I'd be the one that'd be like, "Oh yeah, you're wait, you know, you need to have the OT stuff in there because yeah. that's kind of more my generation." And I'm not a, you know, whereas you might be more of a sequel acceptor and be like, "Oh, I, you know, Ray and you know those characters, Kylo Ren, are fine for me because I enjoy the sequels." Because you're younger, mm-hmm. um, so it's weird to me that we've fallen on opposite sides of where you would expect. It is really, but I don't know from a business perspective. I mean, if you want your photo op with Darth Vader, go around the corner like they have them in the gla- whatever they call that area where you can get photo ops with like yeah. Darth Vader and yeah, the, the the basement behind the like the the Tiny Toons dancing place. That place, yes, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean. What, who are you going to have walking around? 
Because you already have I just, Chewbacca, I'm just who saying, is you know, iconic. You know who should be walking around the Millennium Falcon? Han freaking Solo. That's who should be walking but around the Millennium Falcon. No, is that what you want to see? You want to see some Disney cast member that looks nothing like Harrison Ford yes. walking around pretending to be Han Solo? Yes. No, it looks horrible. No, it, I, listen, I don't want to see any human that... characters. I don't want to see any human Star Wars characters. I don't want to see some Luke lookalike. I don't want to see Han lookalikes because they, they're not those characters. Uh, even Ray is bad enough. You see the the character lookalikes for Ray. Sometimes the girl looks kind of like Ray. Sometimes she doesn't. That one's fine. But I prefer Stormtroopers, Kylo Ren, Chewbacca, Boba Fett, Mandalorian. Those characters you don't see their faces. They their costumes look awesome. That's fine. Like I'm fine with those characters walking around. I don't want to see Han Solo and Luke because it's not Han Solo and Luke. It's some actor that doesn't even look like him most of the time. Are you? So, is uh, it? So is it? I'm I'm drilling. I feel like this is becoming a therapy session. I so I want to understand: is it specifically the suspension of disbelief that comes with the human actors versus characters and masks and costumes? Probably, because for me, because I, I I guess I I get it. Do you, do you feel the same way about like other uh, Disney characters? I guess you know what. Here's the difference, though. I'm I'm tr- I'm trying to understand. This is me trying. There's not yeah, because if you go see uh, like let's Belle. say you go see Tiana, yeah, or Belle, they're animated. You go see a princess. It's an animated character that an actor is trying to portray. And sometimes if the character if the actor doesn't look like the character, it does it does throw you off. But they do a really good job of casting cast members that do look very much like these animated characters. But it's not a it's not like somebody trying to look like a young Mark Hamill or a young Harrison Ford. Mm. So, so I like, prefer not. Through, I don't want to see that. Yeah, when you walk past uh, New Orleans Square and you're heading towards Adventureland and you see Captain Jack, and it's not actually it's it's not Captain Jack at all. I'm guessing you feel the same way. Nah, I mean you're kind. You're, you're that's I a good just point because they do. Man. <laughs> no, that's a good point. Maybe I don't care as much about Captain Jack, I mean, like so fair. it doesn't bother me. But he's also a character that you put you put that costume on somebody that vaguely resembles with the right makeup you can make almost anybody look like captain jack there's a lot to the the big hat and like you're covering up a lot of the way he looks with makeup not so much with now if you want to have luke maybe wearing his x-wing pilot helmet or whatever so he's not you're not really seen as much i don't know you're we're getting into the nitty-gritty here listen this is why the people listen they want to hear us i think that we don't agree i'll just say this (laughs) we don't fight enough probably we probably get more (laughs) we probably need to bring this more in Uh, but I guess when it comes down to it, I know you said take the nerdy Aaron out of it, but it's impossible for me to do that. <laughs> they, when they say that it's going to be something, I want them to stick with it. They said, no, this is a certain place in time with Batu. It's going to be just these characters from the sequel trilogy era. That's the era we're in. You're not going to see Darth Vader. You're not, I, don't, I don't want them to, to go back on that. That's what mm-hmm. they said it was going to be. They said they're going to try to sell us on the immersion of it then sell us on the immersion of it. Don't fall back on your crutch and say, mm-hmm. oh, well, if we bring in Darth Vader, then that might make some people happy. I don't want to see Darth Vader in there. He doesn't belong in there. Uh, Kylo Ren's fine. And uh, you know what? I don't think they're giving enough credit to the young fans who do enjoy the characters like Kylo Ren and do enjoy the characters like Rey. I think there's, I think the younger kids that really is who's going to grow up in this Galaxy's Edge and who's going to have the nostalgia for it, that's really who you should be targeting anyways. Um, and these old, these OT fans that are going to be the ones that are complaining about everything, like, why don't you cater to me? Why don't you cater to me? I don't care. 
I don't care about them. Like, I want my kids to enjoy Aaron, now you're making me uncomfortable because now I am am now squarely on the side of the, the tennis court with all of the, like, really salty, like, Star Wars fans who are sick of everything in Disney and nothing will ever make them happy again and are cursed to a life of miserable fandom that is only a shadow of what it once was. And now I feel like I'm stuck with that sludge. Like, Galaxy's Edge is a failure. Because all I want... Like, nobody goes there. It's empty. No, just because, like, listen, all I said was I just want a little Han Solo. But you know what? I am I, I, sympathetic to your argument. And if I'm picking... A universe. I I think I was. Uh, I should better communicate. I would rack and stack where it is now. I think it would be an improvement to bring in uh, other classic characters and be less uh, stingy about the timeline stuff. But then the best version would be no. Be consistent with your original pitch, but make it more interactive and more of an experience where you really do feel like you are um, a part of a story that is unfolding. Um, even though they, they kind of shifted all of those efforts and that everything into uh, Star Cruiser is, is, is what it seemed to have happened. But I would say bring that yeah. to the park is the ideal uh, that I would be the most happy with. Give us what you told us you're going to give us. Mm-hmm. That's what I that's what I want. I want that immersive experience. And meanwhile, I, and I, I, I love Galaxy's Edge. I, I really do. Like every time I've gone there, I, I just really enjoy that space. And I, I think it does get some negative feedback that is unwarranted yeah um i just think they did a great job with the theming i just think they could have done better with the immersion and give us that you know like i said don't fall back on the easy route like oh well you know we kind of ticked off some ot fans let's let's bring in darth vader like no like who cares about them that's you know just don't worry about those people like do what you originally said you're gonna do and you know, give us that full immersion that you really haven't done yet. Yeah. No, I, I think um, they have opportunities to improve and do more. And I think bringing the Mandalorian in was a uh, a big win in that in that department. And I think good compromise. We'll, we'll get some more things along those lines. I could see a I could see an Ahsoka showing up um, when the Ahsoka mm-hmm. series is coming out next year. Uh, there's a few opportunities like that. But it is interesting because like. Um, I, I think the uh, the the attractions are. To, I, I think this is where I also love Galaxy's Edge. I think the attractions, I like the attractions more than most uh, that I talk to. Um, whereas I know you're much more impressed by the the theming and the the ambiance. And you know, I think I, I enjoy the ambiance. It's it's difficult just based on the. This is just the reality of crowds at Disney. Um, it's difficult to find a place to hang out per se. Um, more so than other other places mm-hmm. in the parks. There's a few. There's a few exceptions to that, but the places you would most want to hang out are the places that it's the hardest to hang out, like Oga's Cantina. And a lot of that's just capacity and space, um, which I guess, you know what, now that I'll come full circle. I'll answer my own question, but if there was something to do for Galaxy's Edge, I would say embrace the difference and be willing to uh, add some additional... Um, uh, either attractions or dining, basically take advantage of the more space that you have at, in Florida um, and expand there and just be willing to, to do that. It doesn't mean that like they're different. You just have an additional option when you go uh, to Florida. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. You want to hear my uh, honorable mention? Yeah, let's hear for, it. Yeah. For Disney experiences. Uh, Connections Cafe at Epcot. Oh, yeah. They finally reopened uh, the Starbucks because that Starbucks, when they were doing all the construction, Starbucks is gone. They did their little like 
small Starbucks kind of pop up for a while, which was fine. But now we have a fully fledged Starbucks again at nice. Epcot in Connections Cafe. I was I, I got to visit it for the first time after it had been, you know, kind of the whole big refurbishment and, you know, basically new restaurant um, when I was there in November. And it's a really big open space with lots of seating, air conditioned. If you're just looking for somewhere to get out of the sun and grab a cup of coffee, it's a perfect spot. A lot of cool artwork in there. Nice. Um, I was very surprised and ex- I was really excited about it. So it seems like a, a funny honorable mention because it's just like a little, co- you know, it's where to go get Starbucks. But it, Listen, for me, it was, uh, was, yeah. It, and there were, like I said, there's not a lot of other things really that came out in 2022. So it there's not other things to, to really compete with it. But that would be my honorable mention. Mm, that's fair. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, that's a good honorable mention. I feel like I'm trying to remember if I if I were to to do an honorable mention of the few times we went there. You know, I'll do an honorable mention just generally. My first time experiencing it, something that's been there for forever, but Animal Kingdom Lodge. Stayed there for the first time. Uh, Savannah and I did a little like uh, sh- short stay at the parks before we uh, left America for for the year. So um, it was a it was a great time. We loved it. Uh, it's a I mean it's a great resort. Uh, it was a good time. We really enjoyed it. We actually had a an, an actual resort day and got to enjoy it, see the animals, hang out, uh, eat at Boma. It was great. Good times, good times. That would be my honorable mention. Aaron, let's wrap up. I want to know, not to throw a curveball, I didn't even talk to you about this ahead of time. Oh, I want to know what, off the top of your head, the top of your noggin, you're most looking forward to the parks uh, in 2023. Uh, Tron. Yeah, light cycle. Yeah, dang yep. it, you stole mine. That one is. <laughs> I've been waiting for that to open. I think that's going to be more my speed than something like Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, you know, it's kind of more of a traditional, just mm. roller coaster style that I'm probably not going to get sick on. Um, and it's just I've heard really great things about the one that's in Shanghai, and this one seems like you know it's basically just going to be a, a copy of that. So, um, and just to add another really cool ride at Magic Kingdom. Mm. Uh, I'm excited yeah. for that. And then I guess honorable mention for that, for uh, things I'm excited about would be, um, I'm really curious to see what they do with that Moana oh, water yeah. kind of experience. Uh, I keep seeing things pop. Did I take both of yours? You just literally took both of uh, <laughs> You literally yeah. just took both of mine. <laughs> so you don't even have to say yours. We could just end. That looks pretty cool. And I'm glad Moana's getting, because uh, I really, really love that movie. And I'm glad that it's starting to get some attention in the parks. Yes. No, I think um, I'm so glad it was not amongst the many things that were cut from the Epcot renovations. Um, and it looks nice. It looks peaceful. Like a walkthrough attraction is probably nothing too over the top, but uh, I'm sure they'll do a good job. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I think those are my top two. And I also, um, I'm, I'm just on a personal note, I, 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 I'm hoping to, I think it'd be really cool to go back and do a run Disney race. It's been skipped the last year or two, last year. Yeah, anyway. man. So it'll been... be nice to try to do a, a wine and dine again. I think next year is going to be on the docket, hopefully. They're doing uh, Disneyland again, uh, which hasn't had a race in quite a while. But I oh, believe forever. there's one in 2023 they haven't announced officially the dates yet but they have announced that there's one happening there so i think that's that's been the talk in the uh, the run family no of our or the people that we run with you're breaking uh, you're breaking yeah news we're all we've me. been talking about doing land instead of world this time around so mm-hmm. we'll keep you informed 
Yep, here it is. Here's an article mentioning that it's it's set to re- return in 24 is what this article is saying. Is it? Oh, I from thought for Daps sure they Magic. said it was I mean, this is just a this is a fan blog post from September, so I don't know how accurate it is, but uh, the announcement. Well, if that's made, the case, then oh, it was we'll announced during a presentation at D23. So uh, they've been discontinued since 2018. And Josh tomorrow at uh, D23 said that they would be returning to Disneyland Resort in 2024. Okay, so gives us some time to plan. Mm, but yeah. yeah, so I'm excited about because I've never done one at Disneyland. You and I have done plenty at Disney World. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just going through my metal collection, and it's it's kind of crazy how many we have. But, ah, you become one of those uh, people. <laughs> I'm excited to to do a Disneyland one, so yeah. I'll definitely no, be. I still laugh. I think I may have mentioned the story on the podcast before. One of the very first conversations I had with Savannah, long before we were dating, certainly long before we were married, was, and she's she's from Central Florida, uh, and used to be an Orange Theory instructor, and. That she was like, oh, you know the moms that just collect those stupid run Disney things? I think the, re- the Disney races are so <laughs> stupid. They're way too expensive, and people only do them for the medals. <laughs> Smash cut. <laughs> those moms. <laughs> those moms. <laughs> Let's see. Wait, and on that note, ladies and gents, we're wrapping up this episode and 2022's episodes. <laughs> and Aaron's just adding to the collection now uh, <laughs> of the Mouse and Castle podcast. Uh, stay in touch with the show. Subscribe if you haven't. Share it with a friend who likes Disney if you haven't. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Mouse and Castle. Uh, find us at mouseandcastle.simplecast.com. Super easy. And then also subscribe on iTunes or really Spotify, wherever you are. Uh, leave us ratings and reviews. It helps get the word out about the show. Aaron's still showing off his ever-expanding collection of medals. Aaron, I just happened to have like a stack of them here because I was cleaning up my room and I was like, "Oh yeah, we're talking about these." Just like, I literally time. have a stack of like four of them here. But um, <laughs> tell the people where they can find you on the internet. Uh, you can always find me on Twitter at Av Goins, and uh, you can find me on my other podcasts, Star Wars Bookworms and Bad Wolf Radio. Nice, for the nice. Doctor Who fans. Sweet. All right, until next time, Hakuna Matata. There we go. That's it. I just kept it simple that time, right? You don't want to, I didn't want to throw it off. Although we didn't talk about Lion King at all the entire episode. Nope. The, but the listen, it's just the first thing there. that came to my brain, and I was not going to switch it because then it was gonna, I was going to have my brain would short circuit, and then I would embarrass myself trying to think of you something. You know what else I'm excited spot. about? <laughs> What's that? I'm excited about this uh, Splash Mountain retheme. <laughs> no way. Just to see what they do with it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I it's it's gonna essentially be kind of a new ride, and I really like Splash Mountain a lot. Mm. That ride, so I'm sad to kind of see, you know, from a nostalgia perspective, I'm sad to see it go. Sure, I know why it's going, but um, I think I think I did a good job.